0: The anointing is one of the most important things that the Christian needs. And not just the Christian, the average Christian, but actually the the minister. There are different levels to the anointing. In Ephesians 1.13 we are told that as those who believed when they had the message, the gospel of truth, after they believed they were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 we are told that we have an unction. I'm quoting the King James, 1 John 2 verse 20. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. And then verse 27, he says, uh, the same chapter, the anointing you have received of him abides in you. The same anointing teaches you all things. And we know that in John chapter 16, verse 13, say that when he would send the comforter, the King James, again, the, the correct word should be helper or advocate, because the Greek word they used there is paraclete. Which means exactly that a helper or an advocate or a representative, he said that when he would come, he would guide us into all truth. So we're basically seeing here the anointing is the Holy Spirit. And the Greek word used for anointing in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20 and verse 27 is a Greek word Chrisma. That word literally means to have oil poured, pouring of oil. So it basically means if you're anointed, oil has been poured on your head remember in the Old Testament that when the kings were anointed, when the priests were consecrated, they, were, they had oil poured on their heads, even prophets. They had oil poured on their head that was a, represent, a representation of the fact that the Holy Spirit was coming into their lives. So every born-again Christian has the anointing. But it doesn't stop there. There are levels to the anointing because we know that in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 4 it says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit when they were saved of course they were we know that they were believers but they had needed a greater anointing for the work that was ahead they needed an anointing that would take them f- from hiding in that upper room in Jerusalem and to the uttermost parts of the earth and you know that's exactly what they did so what happened they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit the anointing is one of the most important things that the Christian needs. And f- for some reason, today it's being neglected and people are putting more emphasis and focus on being eloquent, education, theology, um, doctrines, hermeneutics, preaching styles, your dress, and all these other things. And, and don't get me wrong, these things are, 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 are important. But they have been made to be the main thing can you imagine at the expense of the anointing, and that's why there's a lack of power in the church today. In the book of Second Timothy, chapter three, verses five, I believe the Apostle Paul warns and says, in the last t- days, one of the signs would be that they would profess they would pr- they would profess godliness but deny the power thereof. Let me read it so I can quote it properly because I was quoting it from my head. Second Timothy verse five says, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. So there are people who, they profess Christianity, but there is no power. You can't see the power of God at work in their lives. And it's interesting, the Apostle Paul, who's a very learned man, we, we, we would know he was a Pharisee, he was a master of the law, he was trained by Gamaliel, a, 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 a doctor of the law, and probably one of the greatest expositors of the, of the law in his day. Uh, he was also a lawyer. But this is what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at what he says. The, I mean, the Apostle Paul, who we all know, was eloquent, was well-learned. He understood philosophy, Greek mythology. He even quoted Greek philosophers in some of his writings. Look at what he says. He says, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1. He says, and I, and I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of the power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Amen. So Paul was saying that, look, if it's eloquency, I have it. But when I came to you, I didn't come to you with eloquency. I didn't come to you with hermeneutics and homiletics and all these things he said when i came to you i came demonstrating the the by the power of the spirit so that you would put your trust in the power of god not in the wisdom of men." and we have flipped the tables the other way around that's why there's a lack of power but praise god we are going back to the former things amen we are going back to the where the bible says in the book of uh in genesis that isaac went and digged the old wells of his father abraham that had been covered by the philistines out of envy because of their prosperity and now we are saying we are going to uncover those words we are going back to the book of acts we are going back to the original christianity as it is we are going back to early church christianity out of not just preaching but preaching with power I was preaching that was confirmed with miracles, signs, and wonders. Jesus said in the book of Mark, chapter 16. Let's go to the book of Mark, chapter 16, verses 15. Many times we, we are told about the credit. If you, if you ask those Christians, especially ministers, also a great commission? The first text in the Bible that comes to their mind is Matthew 28, and again, very, very important, very key text, one of the most important texts in the Bible. And Jesus said, He said, Matthew, I'm quoting Matthew 28, He says, Go into the whole world teaching them, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And he says, uh, make disciples, not converts. make dis- disciples. But now when you come to Mark chapter 16, he comes from a different angle. And this is what he says. And this one is usually less quoted. It's very, In fact, it's rarely quoted. This is actually part of the Great Commission. You know, you see, when a, when a person uh, is about to leave uh, the earth, when a person is about to die, the most important thing ab- ab- that he wants to say is put in his will. If you want to know what a person desired before they died or before they left this, this earth, look at the will. And the will, of course, we know is the Bible. And the last words that Jesus gave to his disciples before he went up uh, to sit at the right hand of the Father were this, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go into, the, ye into the, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned or condemned. And these signs look at that signs are something is something you can see feel they are not just spiritual there are things which manifest physically so there are things you can see touch there are things you can sense with the, with with the, with the five senses that uh, we've been given as, as human beings so he says these signs shall follow them or well, notice a sign a sign is something that points to uh, 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 the, the object the object which 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 is which is which or 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 a place we are trying to go to like for example a street sign would tell you turn right to this place amen so a sign is something that is supposed to point people to jesus so it says this sign so when these signs are in your ministry they will automatically point people to jesus leave alone the politics and all the other things that people say these signs and these are the words of jesus he says these signs shall follow them that believe it does not say pastors, it doesn't say prophets, evangelists, bishops, missionaries, theologians. It says, those who believe, who is a believe? who is that? A basic believer. If you're a believer, this sense should follow you as your minister. He says, "In my name, they shall cast out devils." The first thing he says that in my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues." They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands. Notice it doesn't say they might, they shall lay hands and they might recover. It says they shall for sure recover. Then he says, So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. Beautiful. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. So he confirms the word with signs following. We are preaching John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the central message. But there are signs following. So if there's somebody who needs healing of the body or uh, mental health, that's very common problem today that's uh, uh, being t- trending throughout the world really a lot of people are suffering from mental health whether it's physical or mental health that you can find your healing whether somebody needs deliverance from oppression or demonic possession they can be delivered amen so these are things that are supposed to follow the word with signs following And it confirms that the gospel is not just mere philosophy. That's what makes Christianity different from all other religions and philosophical thoughts and ways of life. Is that there is evidence, there is hard proof that can be seen that the name of Jesus is not just any other name. That at the name of Jesus every knee bows of things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth. That every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So we need the anointing and none of these things can be done without the anointing. None of these things can be done without the anointing. And that's the reason for, for, for why, why I decided to share on this today. You need the anointing, my dear friend. You need the anointing. You need the anointing. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need to be sure that oil has been poured on your head and it's continuously flowing in your life. Amen. There's a text I want us to look at. It's in the book of Psalm 92. Psalm chapter 92, verses 10. And this is a psalm written um uh, and and, uh, uh, and and this is what it says but my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn or a wild ox i shall be anointed with fresh oil i shall be anointed with fresh oil i shall be anointed with fresh oil and remember in isaiah chapter twenty seven I, I believe it's ten twenty seven or, or twenty seven and I'm, I'm I'm mixing myself I've forgotten the exact reference but this is what it says it says the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing so the yoke is destroyed by the anointing or the anointing destroys the yoke and many people are carried down with burdens emotional stress physical uh, ailments. Um, sin and all these things and it's only the anointing that can destroy or break all these yokes and bondages in the mighty name of jesus so you need the anointing you need the power of the holy spirit to be at work in your life and without that power what you're sharing will just be words mere words philosoph- almost philosophical sounding that's why sometimes you will hear somebody you know even sharing you know or preaching and you don't feel anything I mean, in fact, there's almost no difference compared to the lecturer who is lecturing in a, in a, you know, on a secular subject in the university. And it's most unfortunate. Yet we are told that these signs shall follow them that believe. And those signs come to him who has the power of the Holy Spirit at work. Because it is he who does the work. It is the Holy Spirit who does the work. And that's why they were told, the, the apostles were told, wait, don't be in a hurry to go and preach. He told them, wait until you are endued with power from on high. And we are told that on the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak with other tongues, and the Spirit gave them utterance. And not just that. We are told that through the powerful preaching of Peter, do you know that that, 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 that the Bible clearly tells us in the book of Luke? In fact, um, let's, look, let's look at the book of Matthew first of all. Matthew chapter... 7 i believe matthew chapter 7 verses 28 it says and it came to pass when jesus had added, ended these things the people were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one having authority and not as a scribes jesus words came with authority he was not just merely sharing he wasn't just saying what some other rabbi had said they could feel the power in his words and, and, and that's the same power, the same fire that, I, that Jeremiah said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. I can't keep quiet about it. I have shared the gospel. One time I was sharing the gospel one-on-one in the streets. And I, I arrived as a certain man and after a while of talking to him, he said, your words are burning me on the inside a number of times i have preached and after preaching later on somebody one or two sometimes even though the time it was a group of people they came to me and they said your words were burning in our hearts they, somebody was saying you it's like when you speak there is fire there is fire you understand there is authority there is a power not because my vo- my voice is not high my voice voice is not low pitched i don't have a base you understand? But there is power in my words. Why? Because of the anointing. Because of, It's not about shouting. The power is not in the shouting. No, 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 no. The power doesn't come because of shouting. The power comes because you have the anointing in you. Amen. And so, look at what it says in the book of Luke chapter 4. It says, And all bear witness, verses 22. Bear him, speaking of Jesus' witness, and one of the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And then verses thirty two. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power, with authority. They could feel the power in his words. He wasn't just sharing and you know trying to sound eloquent and nice. No. They could feel the anointing. They could feel the power of God was at work in him. Amen. And that's why I'm telling you, my friend, you need the anointing. You need fresh oil. Like the way King David uh King David wrote that psalm. When wrote that psalm, it says my, but my horn shall thou exalt, like that of a unicorn or a, or a wild ox. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. My friend, there is fresh oil for you today. There is fresh oil for you today. There is fresh oil for you today. I want us to look at a text in the book of Exodus chapter 27. We'll read from verse 20, 20, 21. Uh, let's read from verse and it says and thou shalt command the children of Israel that they bring thee pure olive oil what is the word olive oil beaten for the light to cause the lamp the Hebrew is a menorah the lamp which has seven candlesticks to burn always the fire should always be burning that's why you need fresh oil fresh oil is for today I can't use the oil for yesterday no I must have oil for today remember in Matthew chapter 25 that the foolish virgins they did not have oil extra oil the problem was not that they didn't have oil the problem is that they didn't have extra oil so you you can't use the oil of yesterday today that's why you need to continuously replenish the oil that is in you for those of you who have the anointing and for you who doesn't have the anointing keep hearing my friend you will receive a touch from god today in jesus name he says i shall command the children of Israel to bring the pure olive oil beaten for the light to cause the lamp to burn always in the tabernacle of the congregation without the veil that's the veil that is which is before the testimony aaron and his sons shall order it notice the word aaron and his sons shall order it from evening to morning before the lord it shall be a statute forever unto their generations on the behalf of the children of israel then exodus chapter 30 verse 7 let's read that quickly say then aaron shall burn notice again it's aaron their own sweet incense every morning when he dresseth the lamps he shall burn incense upon it and when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord throughout your generations. He shall offer no strange incense thereon, no burnt sacrifice. Amen. So notice the Levites, specifically the tribe of the Kohathites, the family of Aaron, the priests are the ones who worked in the tabernacle. And their work was to change the oil. And the oil came from the olive oil. Amen. It was only olive oil. They could not use any other oil. And they came and they changed the oil every morning and every evening to ensure that the menorah, the lampstand, was ever burning. You need the fire of God. The fire of God should ever be burning in your life. So how do you do that? How do you keep the fire of God constantly in your life? The anointing is kept by ensuring that the oil in your life is continually burning every day. And as we've said, notice that it was Aaron who did the work, Aaron and his sons. And you know and you, and you, and you know First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says that we are a royal priesthood. In the New covenant, there's a change of the priesthood. If you read in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is now the high priest after the order of Melchizedek and remember he is our elder brother. He says it's not a shame to call us brethren. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 10. And now we have also been made to be kings and priests. So every believer is a priest. Amen. So you can do the work that was done in the old covenant because you have the legal right as a priest to ensure that the fire is continually burning. You can enter into the, holies of, into the holiest place. Amen. And change the oil daily. And that's what Aaron did together with his sons and notice that in the new covenant we are told that ye are we are the temple of God his spirit dwells within us and we are told in the Bible in the book of Hebrews that all these things were a shadow they were of the things to come but the fulfillment is found in Christ so the tabernacle or the temple was a representation of us Amen we are spirit soul and body you have the outer court which represents the body the inner court which represents the soul and the holy of holies which represents the spirit man so you basically are a tabernacle a living walking tabernacle and there is a menorah in you there's a lampstand in you that's what keeps the fire continually burning that's what keeps the oil amen and the only way you can the only one who can change the oil is you because you are the one who is a priest Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing? But it's up to you. You can take charge and decide that from today on I will walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. I will walk in the anointing. I will move in the power of God. I will not be mediocre. I will preach with authority as Jesus did. Amen. So let's look at how we do this. So he said that they changed the oil and the oil had to be olive oil. It's very interesting in the book of Romans chapter 11, we are told that, let me read it because I don't have it memorized. It says, Romans chapter 11 verse 16, it says, For if the first fruit be holy, the lamp is also. If the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou being a wild olive tree, what grafted in among them, and with then partakest of the root and the fatness of the old tree. So we who are nothing, we who are exiled, we were Gentiles, we had no covenant with God, we had no hope in this world, we are destined for doom. But because we have been made nigh by the blood of Christ, that's what the Apostle Paul says in Ephesians, but we, are, we were made nigh by the blood of Christ. He broke the middle of partition between us, between Jew and Gentile, making one new man in Christ, one olive tree, And remember he is a true vine we are the branches so because we are part of him we partake of the fatness we partake of the oil of this olive tree so the olive tree is jesus the body of christ he is the head i am the branch you are the branch so we are able to draw in the sap of the oil from jesus because knowing your identity knowing that you are part of this with this olive tree this new man the body of Christ you are able to draw in the sap right into 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 your life amen and it is that exact oil that you will take and apply it changes just the way the priests used to do they used to change every morning and every morning evening to ensure that the light continually burned when the Bible says that you are the light of the world it's not a matter of you trying hard to be good and to put on an act and to look religious and to have morals no it's a matter of you dying to self allowing jesus to work in you amen He is working in you from the well, you from the inside out so what happens is that the light will just automatically shine it is not a matter of trying you understand it's not a matter of trying to be good no 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 it's a matter of you abiding in the true vine and for sure you will bear fruit for sure you will become the light you will shine so for you to change that oil, now how do we do it practically? I want us to read a very interesting text, it's First Chronicles chapter 23, and the context here is King David had assigned the tribe of Korah uh, to do the duties in the temple as pertains to music. And the chief musician was, uh, was Asaph. And maybe you've read, uh, probably you've read in the, uh, some of the Psalms in the book of Psalms. I have the title, uh, Psalm of Asaph, or Psalm of the Sons of Korah. These are the exact people whom David assigned to take care of the worship in the temple. And look what it says in verse 23, verse 30. They were to stand. These are priests, notice. They only, you could only qualify if you're a priest. And remember, we've said you are a you are, you are a priest, you're, and 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 still at the same time, your your body is a temple of God. I mean, this is just beautiful, and the Spirit dwells within you. So he says, the priest now put yourself in that in, in that verse. He says they are to stand every morning. Remember, the oil is changed in the morning and the evening. So that the lamp can continually burn, so the fire of God can continually burn and bring light in the tabernacle. So, for you to ensure that there is fresh oil, remember what He says: "I shall be anointed." We already quoted it, Psalm ten, "I shall be anointed with fresh oil." There is oil for every day. You can't use the oil for yesterday. And when the oil runs out, the fire stops, ceases, and the light stops to shine. And that's why you have a powerless dead christianity which doesn't change anybody doesn't change the lives of anybody it becomes just like any other religion or, or 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 philosophies or ways of life you understand what i'm saying but for you to be different it says first chronicles 23 verse 30 you are to stand every morning to thank and praise the lord and like us at even so the secret to keeping the fire of the Holy Spirit. The secret to ensure that the olive oil is continually changed so the lamp that is in you, the light, the fire continually burns is that you are praising and worshipping. Ensure my friend that every day you spend time in just pure praise and worship. That is the oil for the anointing in your life. That is the oil for the anointing in your life. It is pure praise and worship spend time every day praising and worshipping God is it interesting that Catherine Kuhlman's ministry one of the most powerful anointings that that has ever walked this planet her her ministry revolved around praise and worship is it interesting that it's the same same anointing that is on Pastor Benny Hinn and we see him always always singing songs of worship in fact if you went to his his crusade you would think that she in a you know, like a musical or something in 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 in, in terms of worship, Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Hagin. These people people may not know about this much about him, but I've I've listened to Kenneth Hagin a lot, and Papa Hagin. You will consistently hear him say "Praise the Lord Jesus, thank you Jesus. We praise your name, the name, the name, and he's always mentioning the name, the name, the name, always praising God." These men and women understood that the secret to the anointing, to keeping the oil always burning, is to praise, not asking God for things. No, no, no I'm not talking about, for, oh God, I need this. I know you are faithful, so you will provide for me. No, I'm talking about just praising God for who he is. Giving thanks to his name, lifting up holy hands. Amen. Dancing like King David until your are close even fall, almost fall off, or sometimes if, if they fall off, there is no problem. Bowing on your knees, falling prostrate to the ground, worshipping Him, just worshipping Him, just worshipping Him, giving thanks to His name. The Bible says, you give praise to Him, for He is a good God. You're worshipping the beauty, He is a beauty of holiness, for He is a good God, and His mercies endure forever. That can't change. It's all because of what he has done, just because of who he is. That is a secret ingredient to ensuring the oil, the fire of the anointing is always burning in your life. I have read Smith Wigglesworth's books. And a number of times, many times, if you read Smith Wigglesworth, again, one of the most anointed men of God that has ever walked this earth, and Smith Wigglesworth sometimes will be preaching as, as you read his books And all of a sudden he breaks into a hymn Many, many times he does that The man was full of songs And that's what we're told in Ephesians five 7, eighteen. It says, be not drunk with wine huh. so it is a contrast But rather, be filled with the Spirit This is an evidence of somebody who's full of the Holy Spirit Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks unto God and the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ amen so we have to get to that place whereby we learn the secret of just praising and worshiping God as you're doing that you are taking the oil and changing it changing it changing it changing it in the morning changing it every evening And that's what will ensure that the praise, sorry, that the power of the Holy Spirit, the anointing, the oil will always flow. And so we'll be able to say that I shall be, like today, I am anointed with fresh oil. Tomorrow, when I wake up in the morning, I will be anointed with fresh oil. Just by purely praising and worshiping God. I know it sounds like such a simple thing, but many people don't see the benefit. But I'm trusting and believing that you, you tap into this secret and get the anointing flowing in your life. So I want to pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for my listener. Bless them, O God. I pray for the anointing on their life. Those of you who have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, right now, receive the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit and begin to speak in tongues begin to prophesy in the mighty name of jesus in the mighty name of jesus in the mighty name of jesus be filled with the anointing be filled with the holy spirit let the oil let the oil flow in your life in jesus name those of you who who who, who who have not been praising and worshiping I pray for the grace of God to come on your life That you would worship the father In spirit and in truth Because he seeks such to worship him And they that worship God Must worship him in spirit and in truth and If there is anybody listening You are not born again I want you to pray with me right now Say Lord Jesus Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins I believe that you rose from the grave That you are returning back That you are the king of kings and Lord of lords Write my name in the book of life. I thank you for loving me. And I receive you right now as my personal Savior and Lord. And this I have prayed, trusting and believing. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.